The gospel this morning is taken from John chapter 10, verses 22 to 30. Then came the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area, walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The word of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, O Christ. Now may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, our Lord and our Redeemer. Once again, we have a passage that we could talk about for days and days and days. And so today we'll only talk about it for about two hours, and then we'll break for lunch. To give us a little bit of background on this, I want to tell you a bit of a story. And the reason that, uh, that, that their background is required, and so we understand the setting of what has happened. The focus on this passage for today is the fact that Jesus refers to himself as a shepherd and the believers as the sheep. But let's go back. And what's happening, you remember here the story in the Bible where Jesus has healed a blind man and everybody in the, in the nation, the Jewish nation, had believed the people were sick or in this case blind because of somebody's sin. Maybe the sin of the father or mother or his own sin or something of the sort. Jesus has healed the man, and he's become sight, sighted now. And the Jews asked the blind man, how are you healed? Who healed you? He says, I don't know. I couldn't see. Like, somebody. They said, how is it that you're healed, and you don't know who healed you? He says, all I know is that he healed me, and he has the power of God, and they got mad at the blind guy, and they threw him out. When they throw him out, then Jesus hears about what's happened to this blind man and how he's been mistreated. And we pick up the story in verse uh, 35. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And it's verse 35 of chapter 9, the previous chapter. Okay. When uh, these letters or when these uh, books were written, there were no chapters. And there was no verses. So to bring us to this story, we have to go to chapter 9. And Jesus said, they threw him out. He says, do you believe in the Son of Man? He asked this man that used to be blind. And he says, who is he, sir? And he says, tell me who it is that I may believe. And so Jesus says, you now have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And he says, Lord, I believe. 
and he worshipped Jesus. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this, and they asked, What? Are you saying that we are blind? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you have claimed that you can see, you will be guilty of sin. That is important to remember, because without that context, our passage today doesn't make a lot of sense. So we're going to go back now to the passage. Now, also, chapter 10, from where our, uh, our passage today is taken, chapter 10, verse 1, starts with this. I tell you the truth. I think in your King James Version, you will say, Verily, verily, I say unto you. The word verily, verily, comes from the old Hebrew, where it said, Amen, Amen, or truly, truly, I say unto you. And the only one who ever uses this type of language in the Bible is Jesus. Did you know that? Okay, that, 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 that's free today. That, that's extra information. That verily, verily, nobody ever writes like that. Only when Jesus says it. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Truly, truly, I say unto you. And whenever Jesus says that, he's not starting a new thought. Whenever Jesus says that, he is continuing a thought from a previous discourse. So when chapter 10 starts, in order for us to understand chapter 10, we've got to know what's happening before. Because Jesus is picking up a story that he started before. And that story is what I just told you about the blind man and the reaction of the Jews and the Jewish leaders to Jesus. Now, early on in chapter 10, he talks about the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd and I keep the gate protected and my sheep follow me because they, I'm just giving you a summary, because they hear my voice and they follow me. A couple of things to remember here. Number one, the sheep used to be enclosed. There were only so many enclosed protected areas. At nighttime, often they would take the sheep into the enclosed areas or sometimes into a cave where they were protected from animals. And the shepherds would park themselves at the opening and in the daytime, the shepherds would all go to different spots and they would call out the sheep and all the sheep would recognize the shepherd and they would go to their own shepherd with their flocks. And there were two kinds of shepherds. There were those shepherds who were the owners and they were the shepherds of their own sheep. There were other shepherds who worked for somebody else. Most of the shepherds worked for somebody else. And in the case of the town around Jerusalem, we've talked about this before during our Christmas season, the shepherds there that the Bible talks about were employees of the temple. And in general, shepherds were not looked upon kindly, especially those, well, specifically those that were the employees. Why? They used to steal and they weren't too keen on fighting wolves. So if there was a wolf or there was an attack, they'd run off. The shepherds who were the owners would stand back and fight 
and scare off the wolves. And by the way, Jesus says that. When you read this passage, chapter 10, you'll see that. You'll see that in there. That the hired hands, the hired shepherds, run off. It says clearly that the hired shepherds, when the wolf comes to attack, they run off. So, when Jesus says that I'm the good shepherd, the emphasis is not on the shepherd. The emphasis on the good shepherd in comparison to those that are not good shepherds. There's a, I am the good shepherd, and my sheep love me, and they follow me. And they recognize my voice. It is very important to note that in the Gospels, the term sheep is only ever referred to toward the Jews. Only the Jews are ever called the sheep. Did you know that? I give you so much extra information. Only the Jews. So when Jesus says, other sheep have I that are not of this fold, oftentimes we hear people say, other sheep have I that We can apply that today, that there are other people who love God that are not members of the Lutheran church. But in the New Testament Gospels, when the word sheep is used, also in the Old Testament, by the way, the sheep are always only the Jews. Now, Jesus now comes into, he's gone through, and verse 14, I'm the good shepherd, my sheep, I know my sheep, and my sheep follow me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen, but I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, he is demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Said the others. So here they're having a fight among themselves. And they take up stones to kill Jesus. A couple of things of note. One, where is Jesus in this discourse? Where is he? Is he out in the countryside? The side of a hill and the side of a mountain? He is in Solomon's colonnade. He's at Solomon's temple. There are no rocks to stone anybody over there. They can't pick up stones. Where did the stones come from? They brought them with them having experienced what they had experienced with the blind man before, they were already angry with Jesus Christ. And they had planned to hurt him. Something else I want you to note, that here, Jesus says, for the first time, 
that other sheep have I that are not of this fold. It's very important. And I'll tell you why it's important. For those of us that are studying the Bible in the other room after lunch, you will note that in the covenant promised to Abraham, what did God plan to do? Save just the Jews, right? What was the plan? For God so loved the Jews. What? For God so loved the world. Only North America? Only the Middle East. I think only India. God so loved the world. Here, Jesus is beginning to open the eyes of the people to the Jews, because up until now, only the Jews have been referred to as the sheep. Other sheep have I. Now, he also says that I want you to read something. For uh, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life. For that, I'm going to go to John chapter 17. This is what is called the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ. The high priestly prayer. Father, the time has come. This is, to me, the most beautiful prayer. The most beautiful passage in the scripture. Listen to this. I'm going to read all of it. You're going to love it. Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all you have given him. Not just the Jews. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. This is eternal life. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me. They have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. This Jesus is praying for the believers. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours. All you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still here in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one even as we are one. Are you with me? So that all the believers may be one as Father, as you and 
me as we are one. Jesus is praying that God may open the door and accept those who have accepted him and become one by God living in us, in each of us. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe. By that name that you gave me, none has been lost except the one doomed to, de to destruction. So that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them to your word and the world has hated them for they are not of this world anymore than I am of this world. Jesus is giving us the same status as himself, as our brother and God, our father. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. I want you to pay particular attention to the next passage I'm going to read. My prayer is not for them alone. That means the disciples that were with Jesus. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for all those who will believe in me through their message. This prayer that Jesus is praying to God is for you and for me. He prayed for us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Chapter 17 is a repeat of what Jesus had said here in chapter 10. In chapter 10, Jesus had said, I know I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen, but I must bring them also. They too will listen to me. Do you understand? I have sheep, but there are other sheep that are going to come later. That they too may be in me. Then he says, no one takes it from me, but I lay down my life according, on my own accord. This command I received from my father. In chapter 10, verse 28, 27, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. 
I and the Father are one. I want you to take note. Here, Jesus said, Other sheep have I that are not of this fold. What did we read in Revelation chapter 7 earlier today? I'm going to go back to Revelation. That was part of our reading just before the sermon. Revelation chapter 7. And I want to show us this is the end of the world now. Where the judgment time has passed and Jesus is coming back. And I want to see the fulfillment of the promise of God. Revelation 7 verse 9 onward. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude no one could count. And from where? Every nation. Jesus said, other sheep have I that are not of this fold. The covenant of Abraham was what? That through Abraham, all nations will be blessed will have eternal life. There were people from every nation, tribe and people and language standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hand. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell down and they, uh, on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, what? Amen. Amen. Praise and glory. Wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These... In white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? The people at the time of judgment, standing in white robes, who are they? He answered, Sir, you know. And he says, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are, the, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their, what? Shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. He's the shepherd. Who are the sheep? Those that are saved in heaven. And that safe place is where? Heaven. Revelation tells us the fulfillment of what Jesus is talking about in chapter 10, verse 22 to 30 that we read earlier today. These are my sheep. I am the good shepherd, and they follow me all the way where? To eternal life. 
In chapter 10, he says, I will give them eternal life. And in Revelation, John sees the fulfillment of that prophecy and that promise of Jesus Christ. In chapter 17, Jesus prayed that God, I'm asking this prayer, not only for those that are here today, but those that are going to come in the future. He prayed for us. He prayed for you and I that we may be with God in eternity, be redeemed and live with him forever. May God grant that by his power and through his grace, we would be among the sheep that Jesus calls, that when we hear his voice, we would follow him indeed. Amen.